Chicago Bears training camp is well underway, so I brought on a friend of mine that's actually seen the practices so we can quiz him about the ups, the downs, and everything therein. It's all coming at you on this week's episode of Bear With Me. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Bear With Me, a Chicago Bears podcast hosted by yours truly, Robert Schmitz, right here on the Windy City Gridiron Podcasting Network. And it is time for our annual look inside of Bears camp as we've got Zach Pearson here from the Bear Report, who gets to go to practice here to talk instead of just speculating about what we're reading on Twitter. I know you guys, just like I am, we're just leafing through social media to talk about camp, but here we've got fresh eyes ready to talk through the ups and the downs of bears camp zach how you doing it's been a long year hasn't it it has man um i was joking with my co-host aaron um who also does stuff for what he's in gridiron and um, i was like man this offseason feels like it's been two years of just nothing because of the whole covid thing and now we're kind of back to normal so it's a little exhausting but i am glad to be back i'm glad to be back at house hall um and, and football's back man like it's oh, yeah. that time of year so and i mean come on i it's funny because you talk about how long it is well the bears have lived both ends of what makes an offseason long before the draft it was that utter hopelessness a couple months oh, there where maybe we were going to get russell wilson but outside of that it was like great andy dalton's going to start for a team that's bleeding talent and uh and we're never going to get a good draft pick ever again then the bears find a way to get justin fields who you've seen and i'm jealous because what is it bears twitter got two Two Twitter videos just yesterday, and we almost had a meltdown over watching just a little of what you've gotten to see. But then now the excitement makes that offseason even longer. So it's finally here. We've got a month to go, and I can't wait to talk about it. One thing that I'm thinking, if you're cool with it, is let's table the quarterback stuff until after the sponsor break in the middle, because I feel like if there's one thing that can be easy to forget, it's that football is a team of 21 other players besides the quarterback, and nobody's talking about, I mean, look, I hear occasional snippets from guys like Hogan Johns, guys like yourself, talking about the first person I want to talk about, Cole Kmet, for instance, but... I'm so focused on Justin Fields stuff that when I hear Cole Komet's getting better separation, Cole Komet looks better. Like you tell me, is this stuff real? Cause I am hearing a lot of tight end hype out of a, a group that hyped up the tight ends last year too. Does it feel different? Yeah, it does feel different. Um, you know, I could kind of tell in that first um, OTA practice in June, early June, that um, not only did Cole Komet get better, but, you know, Matt Nagy and the Bears were definitely going to put an emphasis on getting him more involved in the offense. And at this point, you kind of know what Jimmy Graham's going to be. I mean, Jimmy Graham's right. probably going to have more touchdowns than Cole Komet. We would not all be shocked at that because he is like their red zone primary go-to target. But I think Cole Komet's got more receptions, going to have more yards. Um, he's going to kind of be that, you know almost like a, like a Swiss army knife at tight end where he's gonna be able to block a little bit, catch passes. But so far, man, they have put an emphasis on him getting better and they kind of have to, I feel like, you know, he has to take that next step for their offense to be better in years to come. He's still young. You know, this is a second year. Um, he's only going to continue to get better and you don't want to keep on having to like recycle and reshuffle this tight end position. Like they've done over the past, what, five to six years. Right. 
So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely noticeable here in training camp. Um, he's getting open all the time. It's, it's odd. I don't know if it's, you know, maybe an injury thing, if they're not like, cause the first week or so, they really weren't going full, full speed. Um, they're still kind of not even full speed. Um, there's been a lot of short stuff. Um, that's all by design. It's all install type things. Mm-hmm. But even then, man, you got to be impressed because he's open and not only open, he's making the catches. Um, he's securing the football. That's one thing I've noticed is there's kind of been like a little bit of a wrap around, you know, um, Cole Komet in terms of he doesn't take care of the football. He kind of holds it out loosely. He's protecting it a little more this year. I've kind of noticed that as he, as he's catching the ball and going upfield. So yeah, I'd say what everyone's saying from training camp is true. Um, he's, he's just open and he's making plays. Um, and I'm definitely excited to see if this translates now over into the preseason and now after that into the regular season. And hey, if you don't mind me double clicking, because first of all, that sounds great. That sounds like exactly what the Bears need. You describe yeah. a player that at its highest, like everybody wants to throw out Jason Witten. I feel like we could be more realistic and say either Kyle Rudolph from Minnesota or maybe even Desmond Clark from years past. A tight end that's he's a bona fide NFL tight end and he may not be a home run hitter, but he's a viable part of a healthy offense. But when you talk about him getting open, one thing I can't help but think, and we will get to the wide receivers later because I want to hear about darnell mooney's just uh, absolute breakout season that it sounds like is in the works when you do talk about him getting open cole did not show a ton of agility last season straight line speed was there but not agility are you seeing him even separating against man coverage or is it mostly just a nose for zones where when the defense which is a too high defense that plays a lot of zone drops into those zones it's cole Kmet who's finding that seam and just sitting down and waiting for the football I think it's a little more of what you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, and also we have to add into it a little that, you know, they're not going the full speed. The defense can't really hit outside of the 30 to 40 live snaps. that They get a, a practice now over the past couple of days. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a fair point. I think some of it is, you know, it is that cover two or that, you know, two man shell and he's just kind of getting open, um, a, you know, on shorter routes, but there's also been times where, you know, there are deeper routes, 20, 25 yards over the middle um, to the sideline where he's open too. Um, and I think a lot of this is, I think teams are now going to have to start respecting the bears speed on offense, um, especially with Marquise Goodwin and Demir bird. Um, you know, Trey Cohen hasn't been out there. Daz Newsom's more quick, but he also hasn't been out there. Um, you know, adding that speed, especially Darnell Mooney, like that's going to have defenses have to respect that. And you're going to have those open five, 10, 15 yard routes and the bears will take it. Um, I, I, I remember, you know, there was that thing of the whole separation on Twitter I can't say he's drastically improved in separation. I will say though, I do think his hands are good enough right now that it, it, not that it doesn't matter, but that's going to help if he can't separate some more. So he's not obviously, you know, this, you know, everyone knows this. He's not going to go out there and burn anyone deep or anything like that. What he's got to do, he's got to work on that footwork, work on that route running. And so far it looks like he has been putting a focus on that. Um, He's talked about it with Travis Kelsey too. I believe the quote was, you know, um, whatever the routes in the playbook, he kind of cuts it off a little or kind of freestyles a route. um, What what Travis Kelsey was saying. So I think Cole that's kind of taking that approach. And when he's mentioning these names, you know, Travis Kelsey's learning from Greg Olson, um, everyone else is at the tight end summit. I think that's really good news for his development. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like what got weird, Zach, is because, look, I, I talk with plenty of people, not just on this podcast, but Rule of Three especially. Like, Danny and Brandon are so hard on Cole. And it's not that I'm some huge fan. It's just that, I mean, for crying out loud, Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz are the unicorn. And suddenly, yeah. because those two and George Kittle exists, if you don't have one of them, your tight end is, quote unquote, unathletic or bad. I mean, yeah. I'm old enough to remember, because I grew up in Dallas, Jason Witten, like, Rumbling and tumbling his way into the Hall of Fame without ever getting separation against man coverage. I mean, in the game of football, at some point, like I'm sure you know, if you draw that linebacker over the middle, that's one less defender to cover Darnell Mooney or Allen yep. Robinson. And that is the whole point. Like, yep. Cole Komet does not have to be a knockout pick because he gets five yards of separation and breaks away from man coverage. And wow, no one can cover him. All he's got to really do, like we're talking about here, is just be functional enough. The defenses can't outright ignore him. And yep. if he's even just getting better at reading the coverages in front of him and getting the space, that's great to hear. Now, there's another tight end that I think you know I've got to ask about because oh, I saw him show up plenty <laughs> on Twitter. Is Jesse James just a benefactor of playing with Justin Fields? Because, I mean, look, Corey Levin, J Riley Ridley, Javon Wims, if you read the Twitter reports right now, they're all blowing up. John Vea Johnson, another name. But I got to think that there's an element of you're playing with the talented rookie. Is, J is Jesse James a surprising veteran signing or just a name attached? to another name yeah man he's interesting because it's like every time you look up um and, you know the plays happen so fast in training camp it's hard, very hard to keep an eye on numbers you look up and it's boom 18 and you're like kind of like the hell's this tight end like who wears this number you know um it's jesse james making catches every single time i'm like does this guy drop anything at all i do think it's a little bit of both i think it's a mixture of both i do think you know, in Chicago, when's the last time we've seen a quarterback that has thrown receivers open and, and improved receivers as they've gone? And you could say Jay Cutler, and that's fair, you know, but he also had Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey, really good wide receivers. Justin Fields is connecting with these guys like Rodney Adams, John Vay Johnson, um, you know, Jesse James. He's making Javon Wims, you know, when he's not dropping balls, look better. I think it's a little bit of both. I do think there is an element where Jesse James is a really good blocking tight end. You're not going to expect him to come out and catch a ton of passes. Um, and he's got that veteran experience. But we also got to remember, he did not have an OTA. He did not have a mini camp at all in the NFL. So, or this, this season. So yeah, it's that it's also Justin Fields, just putting the ball in the money, leading his receivers, um, throwing them open as that term, you know, it's just been fun to watch. It's like, who would have thought this connection? This guy has played in the NFL for a couple of years, a veteran with the Steelers, um, the Lions as well. He's signed in Chicago right before training camp. And now Justin Fields is whipping passes into him. So, yeah, he's going to make the roster. I think they're going to keep the three tight ends. Um, I don't. I don't think we should expect to see this in the regular season though. Like there's, I don't think you're going to count on him to be your primary pass catcher. In this oh offense. no. But honestly, even just the tight end number two, that's yep. able to like, let's take Jimmy Graham. I love the guys that are opposite of Jimmy Graham because Jimmy Graham's a pass first tight end that can't block. So whenever you do send him on a blocking assignment, run game or pass game, usually you are losing something because you're trying to not get him covered up immediately in the passing game. Somebody yep. like Jesse James on the, on the other hand can catch 120 yards in a season off of maybe eight balls. And one, two of them are wide open 
open touchdown passes that nobody thought to block him because, or nobody thought to cover him because he's the blocking guy who cares. And so yeah. as long as your blocking tight end isn't Kellen Davis to oh, throw gosh. it back, like way back when and can pull the football down. Yeah. You can make use out of that. And especially if Cole's going to be a two way guy. And I shouldn't say that we, you know, I'd be surprised if Jesse James caught a couple of passes and, you know, had over 200, 300 receiving yards. Cause you remember when Demetrius Harris was here and mm-hmm. how many times did you see him split out wide? Like, you know, I mean, you remember that in games, they'd split him out yeah. wide as a wide you're receiver. Right. And you're like, they the targeted him a going? lot for, yeah, a, for a, like a veteran minimum, pickup. a lot more than what we thought he would, you know? Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be shocked if they do kind of use Jesse James, in that role. But like you're saying, I mean, he is a primary blocker. Um, and you know what, if he has 120 yards, we would have taken that two years ago with oh, yeah. how bad these wide or these, I'm sorry, tight ends have been. Very cheap signing. Anything's good. Yeah. And I love it when tight ends can actually block because a lot of times yeah. you feel like kind of a waste. But, you know, we're talking about these guys getting open. And that brings me to, to talking about a unit that let's just talk all defensive backs because oh. we're going to go from maybe one of the most surprising improvements in Cole Komet to one of the biggest worries on the Bears. Like, are these quarterbacks playing well to where the ball's in the right place or are the cornerbacks just allowing everything or is it just a, a little of both? Is anybody standing out? Um, you know, it's tough because Eddie Jackson's not practice at all. Um, Tashawn Gibson's been out the past couple of days, you know, Desmond Trufant's dealt with an injury. This is a battered unit. And this was my worry going into this you know, season and on me and Aaron's podcast, we've both pretty much said it, whether, you know, it's 100% true or not. And Akeem Hicks is a hell of a player. It feels like they essentially chose Keem Hicks over Kyle Fuller in, in a way. Um, I don't know, man. This is just, this defensive back room is so hard to evaluate right now because, you know, let's use Jalen Johnson for an example. He's primarily on Allen Robinson. He's, he's on Darnell Mooney. Allen Robinson is what he is. Darnell Mooney looks like he's about to take off. And when he gets beat, I think people like to say, oh, well, you know, Jalen liability. I don't think that's true. I mean, those are two really good wide receivers. Opposite of him, though, man, it's it's just been, you know, a, a little bit of some poor play mixed in with some good play by surprising players. You know, Trey Roberson, Xavier Crawford, um, guys like that. And what I think is going on is, you know, they got to stay healthy first. So they, you know, they've been mixing guys in and out. And that nickel spot has been, you know, Marky Christian. It's been Xavier Crawford. It's been Duke Shelley. Um, I believe Jordan Lucas even took a couple reps there. I want to say Deshae Townsend said that Eddie Jackson's played in the slot a little bit before last season. They're going to use a mixture of things, but they have two holes. They have a nickel and an outside defensive back. And right now, if you, you know, it's kind of answer your question. I'm not confident anyone filling those two holes. I am very worried because you look at this division, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Devonte Adams. I couldn't name a Lions wide receiver, honest to God, right now. <laughs> to be honest, like it's, <laughs> it's brutal, but you also, you know, you're also facing Aaron Rodgers, who he's going to throw guys open. You know, he's going to throw MVS open players like that guys that we literally just come out of nowhere. So 
You know, it's I can't sit here and say I'm confident in the defensive back spot um, in training camp. And I, you know, to kind of answer that question, I'd say, yeah, it is a little more of these defensive backs getting beat. Now they are some of them are making plays, like you know, but most of them are Nick Foles, who is apparently his words, not mine, dicing up this defense. I I, I haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> he's been picked a couple times. Andy Dalton's been picked a couple times. Um, Justin Fields probably has thrown the least amount, but. Some defensive backs are making plays. I just don't think it's the defensive backs that you expect are going to merge to win the starting job. I think it's going to be, you know, a combination of Jalen Johnson, Kendall Wilder, Desmond Trufant, or Duke Shelley, those four guys, and then maybe a little marquee Christian thrown in. And so far, I mean, those guys, you know, outside of Wilder, I'd say he's probably been the best one. Nothing's really you know, stood out to me on the defensive backside. Okay. You know, I was going to make you say Vildor before I brought him up because he definitely was somebody last season that the mm-hmm. bet in, in my words, I would say he looked like he belonged in the NFL, whether it was an outside corner or an inside corner, one of those guys that you looked at and said, okay, he can kind of play. Like, yeah. I don't know how well he can play. Yeah. When you're watching him, does he strike you as somebody who can play as a good depth player? Or does he actually say starter to you, even in like lowercase letters and a small font? Like, yeah, I I think honestly, I think he actually trans transitions better in the inside, um, in a slot. I think he's better there because I do think they're going to go with Desmond Trufant if he stays healthy. Mm-hmm. So I would say he is a starter. Um, he's been taking know, reps in the inside too. Yes, yes, he's had a couple. Um, I just you know. It's like when you do this exercise we did with Adrian Amos a couple of years ago, if you look at this defense and you were to rank every player on this defense, the starters, and if Kendall Vildor was there, I think he'd be towards the bottom of that list. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I think he's a guy that you can live with him being out there. He's not going to blow a game for you or anything like that, but you don't want him matched up right now on Devonta Adams, Justin Jefferson, um, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, who they have to face, you know, they're going to have to face a lot of good wide receivers this year. See, I, you know, he's a guy, I hope he takes the next step because I think he's been busting his ass and he's made a couple of plays in training camp. Um, you know, he, he's getting better at tackling, which is actually, we talked to um, Georgia Southern's play-by-play guy and we brought up that, you know, last year his tackling was fine, I thought. And he's like, wow, that's actually shocking because that was his big knock going into the draft was his tackling ability and his coverage ability was great. It was like the opposite last year. You remember that? Like, you know, and granted he was you know, matched up on some tough wide receivers, but I do think those, you know, extra reps last year is going to help them. Oh yeah. But man, it's just, I'm just, like I said, man, it's just, it's kind of, Hey, you don't need, you don't need to act like you're delivering bad news. (laughs) Kendall Vildor is a fifth round pick. If he ends up being like, call it cornerback three on Mm -hmm. a good defense, that's a great pick. The fact that the bears are starting or we'd even consider starting their second round pick is their CB one and a fifth round pick in, in his sophomore season, maybe investments more the problem. And that's where you bring up. Cause I feel like expectation is everything right. And this bears defensive back unit. If they aren't bad, Man, huge win. Break out the maracas. Like, throw a party. But because this is not a unit that was built to be great. And you you brought up like the how or how what order would they be on the starter list? I feel like that's where this Bears defense is so goofy because you've got Eddie Jackson, you got Khalil Mack, you got Roquan Smith, you got a whole bunch of defensive starters that actually have quite a bit of talent. So, like you're saying, as long as he can not be the worst one on that list, maybe that's not so bad. And I do think, you know, 
getting Eddie Jackson healthy, getting Tashawn Gibson healthy, if Desmond Trufant is good and can stay healthy, um, that would help whoever is in that slot, whether it be Vilder or Shelly, um, or if they go with Vilder on the outside, which, you know, more reps on the outside so far during training camp. I think if, if Shelly's good and the rest of those guys are good, he'll be fine. You know, it's not like just because right. he's number, you know, number 11 doesn't mean he's awful. He's a guy that's serviceable and you can kind of roll out there and be fine with. Makes sense to me. And I will ask, cause I have to, once you get down to that second team, I know there was a rep yesterday that made its way around Twitter, not the sidearm one. That was great. Yep. But the, the other deep throw where Duke Shelley bit the play action fake so late in the play that he gave up Toast. the gun so much faster than <laughs> I feel like you'll see on any NFL field. Is there an element of the quarterback's proficiency in deep throwing? Wow. The bears are throwing it all over the yard. Yeah. It feels to you like just cornerbacks are leaving everything open or are they actually cashing in on good opportunities i think they are actually cashing in on good opportunities and i think you know that speed element is definitely helping we've seen it since the start of rookie minicamp they were throwing it more deep um, than i've seen and it's refreshing because you know matt nagy with uh mitch trubisky nick Foles last offseason they were they were taking deep shots in practice the problem is they just weren't hitting them um this year has been a lot better success rate and it's not been like you know anywhere huge number where you're like, Oh my God, they're going to connect every deep ball, but it's just, it's been a good success rate and it's more guys getting open, um, put the route running's good, but there has been con contested ones too. And, and kind of go back, you know, Justin Fields being able to throw guys open, put the ball right on the money because technically, you know, if, if you ask a wide receiver, if he's got a step on a defensive back, um, he's pretty, it's open for him. You know, as long as you put the ball on the money, it's open. So, you know, I, I, I do think it's more of them being efficient with the deep ball um, rather than the defense just kind of being eh right now, because I mean, I like, th there has been some really good plays in secondary. I look at Deion Bush. He's been filling in really well. I actually like the training camp he's had so far. And I think we're going to see him a lot more in dime situations too. But, you know, I think this offense is going to try to pick up big chunks down the line. And this is what you want, though. This is You want your, your offense and your defense duking it out. You can't, you know, if someone throws an interception, it's not, there's stock in it, but it's not like you can live with those in training camp. It's oh, kind yeah. of with the deep shot and, and blown coverages, too, because you can correct that a lot quicker. If it happens in the game, you're kind of screwed. I mean, you say that, talking about offense and defense duking it out. Oh, my word. I can't tell you. Like, there's a chill going up my spine about how refreshing that is to hear. Because yeah. I've already seen Twitter on or Bengals Twitter and Jets Twitter starting to yeah. talk about, oh, the, the quarterback's not bad. Our offense isn't bad. Our defense is just really, really good. And I'm like, I have heard that yeah. 15 years of my life. The yep. fact that, like, I will take a step back in defense if it means that the offense is actually playing at the defense's level because I just don't want to hear about the whole, oh, yeah, it's because we're playing against our defense. You know, they'll never succeed there. Yeah, we've said that. I mean, how many times has it been? You know, we've heard that with Mitch. It's like, well, Mitch is struggling out there. Oh, well, he's playing the good. Defense. Who would do well against Eddie Jackson every day? Come yeah, it's, on. it's like you still have to make those throws. And the crazy thing is, like, I think the defense has actually had a really damn good camp, Ooh. even with the injuries in the secondary. I think they've been dominant, especially the live portion up front. They've just absolutely been dominating. And there's something to be said about that offensive line. But well, I was, I was going to ask. <laughs> Tell uh, us about that. Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> I, I have to know. We it's, have to know. It's, I mean, it's, I'll break it down. It's it's Sam Mustafer, Cody Whitehair excelling, injuries all over the place. I mean, that's pretty much what it's come down to. 
Um, I mean, they were, God, what was it? I think it was Sunday's practice. There was a point Sunday or Saturday where it was like um, Arlington Hambright, Alex Bars, and it's just like Deary. Latavius Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Simmons was, yeah. Simmons was like Friday before he got hurt Saturday-ish. He got hurt too? Yeah. He was in (laughs) concussion protocol. Um, and it was like, dear Isolin was out there with the, with the first team. It was, it's a mess. And, you know, it is, I do think there's reason to panic, especially with some of these guys. I, I think James Daniels will be fine. Um, you know, Matt Nagy kind of hinted at like, you know, he's going to be ready for week one the other day. Like we're not worried about this. Um, I don't know, man. It's hard to just, it's hard to grade and, and evaluate this offensive line when you know, like, Arlington Ambright, Latavius Simmons, and Deer Eselin and um, Tyrone Wheatley Jr. are getting reps in the regular season, you're in trouble. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I want to see this line healthy in a preseason game so we can see, or even training camp when they're ramping up some more, so we could see them going up against this defense. Because right now, it's just been the defense flying off the edge, first and second team. I mean, you're talking Travis Gibson's getting there, Alec Ogletree's getting there, Roquan Smith, Mack, Hicks. I mean, Quinn, the little Mac even got a sack the other day. It's like, it's just not even close to man. And they, they don't blow the whistle. Like they blow a whistle sometimes, but like there'll be times where they'll extend the play. And like, you know, like, you know, he's sacked it's over. Like right. he's, but like they'll extend the play. So you kind of have to have your best judgment. I think there was one day where I had five or six straight plays. It, was, it would have been a sack. And if not one or two of those plays would have been like a miraculous Mahomes escape type right. thing. So it's, uh, to answer the question, it's ugly out there for the offensive line. Hey, I mean, honestly, I'm just happy to hear that Sam Mustaver may have taken a step forward. That's yeah. a guy that even assume that all the Bears offensive line are healthy. You yeah. need him to play maybe not better because I thought he was like right on that line yeah. of acceptable, unacceptable last year. But any step forward is helpful because the Bears don't have a lot of resources, even with Justin Fields. So fixing the offensive line and the cornerbacks and adding a linebacker and potentially locking down safety, like there's enough choice around the roster yeah but you're right I mean like has it made it to where defensive line has been honestly hard to judge because at some point when you've got Robert Quinn going up against Alex Bars at left tackle who if you ask me Bars sensible guard like a solid backup piece for a guard and while he shines in the preseason in like at a tackle the difference between I always remember the difference between Kylie Fitz in the preseason and oh, Kylie gosh. Fitz in the NFL was so <laughs> stark it made it so clear to me that just because somebody plays well at tackle in the second half of a preseason game doesn't mean anything and yeah I mean you know you bring up a good point so I'd say like Mac and Quinn, like it's like you know what you're gonna get from them. But when I look at guys like Angela Blacks on the line dominating, uh, Mario Edwards, I think there is stock to take in that because I do think they are playing well, um, no matter who's in there. You still have to win those battles. Right. And Bilal Nichols is in a key mix. They're going up against Cody Whitehair and Sam Mustaver. So there is some stock to put in that. Um, yeah, it's just it's it is kind of hard to evaluate some of these guys though, and you know you just have to like you know, back to like the five and six sack thing I was talking about. It was kind of like, Oh my God. Like you knew like, okay, you can't really, can they do this in a regular season? Probably not. Um, but like, you kind of knew like, okay, you know, uh, whoever it was that got back there, I forgot who it was. I, I think it was Travis Gibson. It was like two of them were like legit beat his man off the break. The other ones were like, Oh my God, he just went right by him. They had no chance, stuff like that. So, right. you know, it, it's kind of a thing where you just, it's 
almost your own judgment in a way. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just it's not a good situation for them with this offensive line at all. And hey, the only positive, right, is Elijah Wilkinson should come off the COVID list eventually. Yep. James Daniels injury strikes me as uh, it's training camp. We're holding him out. Like yeah. he yep. he would probably still be practicing limited participation kind of thing if yeah. it was the regular season. Oh, yeah. And then you got to think if Eddie's going to come off the pup eventually that they don't put him on the pup without a plan to take him off. It's Tevin Jenkins oh, that man. I know I'm worried about it. Do you think it's it's about fair to start ringing the alarm bell on the fact that he's still not practicing. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And it's, it's unfortunate too, man, because I mean, everything looked fine. And what was it? Was there a picture of him carrying like a free weight or something? I was, he was like pulling a sled. He carried a free weight into practice the first day. And then he was like pulling some massive sled full of weight up a hill. Like what was it? Day four, day five of training camp where things looked like they were getting better, but yeah. I see. I didn't ever, I didn't see the picture with, you know, him carrying the weight. Uh, I have heard of it. I'm like, I don't know. I've actually been asked. Someone's like, what the hell is he doing carrying around weight like that if he's if he's hurt i don't know i it's just this is just such an odd case and i think you know it is a little it is time to start being very alarmed because now you know you replaced charles leno jr replaced bobby massey and i don't think they were you know massey had his issues i don't think leno was terrible to the point where you couldn't win without him um and you can say he was available i mean you know your best ability is availability and right now, you're looking at replacing two guys with essentially Jermaine Effetti, um, who's on the pup. I think he'll be. I agree with you. I think he'll be back and ready to go week one. But also a rookie left tackle um, who has not practiced in training camp and doesn't look like he's going to play Saturday, barring a miracle. Now the one thing though with Matt Nagy, it, like it feels like anything could happen. Like he, we could meet the beat of tomorrow, and he'd be like, "Yep, he's ready to go, hundred percent. Let's do it." I wouldn't lean that way because last week when we started the week, he said he's closer to returning than staying out. And over the past couple of days, look at him in the sideline. He's not doing anything. He is literally just standing there staring. Um, whereas, you know, at Soldier Field, he was doing, uh, you're going to laugh as I demonstrate this, but you know, like that exercise where you're like kind of like pulling, you're like got like a rope, not ropes, yes. like handles. Yeah. You're just like, I know what you chest. mean. Yeah, I don't I know what to call it either. Yeah. So he's like doing those. You're like leaning your back and stuff like that. Um, and it's like, oh, okay. He's starting to do stuff. He really hasn't done much out there now. And he's just kind of been standing around. And man, back issues are no fun. Um, I kind of feel like Bears Twitter's like mixed on this. Like, you know, you can't judge him right away. And others are like, well, this is Chris Williams. This is hell all over again. I don't think we're at that point yet, but. If he doesn't start playing in these preseason games or practicing soon, I think it's a legit concern that he will not be ready to go week one. I think we're kind of on that line right now. What is it? August 9th right now? Yeah, August 9th. Mm-hmm. You're about a month away. If he's not practicing within the week here or two, I think it's really time. To pick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and hey, look, the most positive thing I could say about Tevin Jenkins, and this could sound a little unusual, but so the Bears traded up for Justin Fields and they oh. traded up for Tevin Jenkins. I'd say one of them isn't going to work out. Yeah. So if it's Jenkins, I think I'll live with it 
if oh, Fields yeah. ends up popping off. But yeah. but that at that point, I know I'm already being I'm I'm working way too hard to be positive about this situation. The only guy I gotta it's ask tough. about before we get to, to, to the flip and start talking about quarterbacks, Larry Borum at one point started taking reps at left tackle and his film at Missouri. I mean, he seemed like a massive dude that was yeah. playing he was playing well but he was playing well because he was just bigger than everybody in a yeah. way that seemed a little discouraging. And then the guy has the gall to go lose 45 pounds. Oh man. H- how does he look when you compare him to the rest of, uh, like you said, I, I can't even remember the guy whose last name starts with E. Like I forgot he was on the roster comparing him to Simmons and bars and so on and so forth. Where does he stack up closer to depth than maybe actual starter grade? Or if he's starting, should we be scared? I think if he was healthy right now, was not in concussion protocol, he would be on that first team starting. Um, the unfortunate part is he got his chance Tuesday at, at a family fest, Soldier Field. Uh, yeah, Tuesday. Um, and he, he actually was fine. I mean, there was a play where Khalil Mack dominated him in one-on-one pass drills, but that's that's going to happen. <laughs> yes, that's going to happen. But there was another play where he did stop Khalil Mack in 11 on 11 and, and got out, got to his block out there and used great hands. His footwork was good. I noted it in my notebook. And then it's like Thursday, I believe it was late in practice. He goes down with a concussion. It's just, I don't know, man. It's crazy because it's like, <laughs> he's a guy that did show, okay, we can, I can play this position. Uh, give me a shot. And I think he was on the right track. Um, I don't know if they would have, you know, started him week one. We don't know what's going to go on, but I, I would say he's more, you know, he's, I think he's going to be a good offensive lineman. I still think he's like, it needs a year or two of development to get ready. Right. I don't think you're comfortable with him starting at tackle right away in week one. I don't think anybody's comfortable with anything going on right now, no. oh, but man. it's the hand Ryan Pace is dealt. And yeah. so at some point that's what we're playing with. Yep. So either way, we have hit the point where we got to step aside for a sponsor break, but you better believe on the other side of this, you uh, know what I have to ask you about. It is <laughs> kickers, right? Talk it. Yeah. Kickers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you in just a second. Hey, it's me, Robert Schmitz, and as the Bears season gets started, I wanted to tell you about a brand new way to play daily fantasy called Thrive that we've partnered with. Imagine a daily fantasy game centered entirely around player props rather than standard fantasy keepers and sleepers. Instead of having to hunt for that third string receiver you just know is going to score three touchdowns this week, Thrive gives you 20 player props to choose from and asks you a simple question. Is Allen Robinson going to haul in over 65 yards this week or under? Get your 10 props of the week right and bam, you win a share of Thrive's weekly prize pool. That's your piece of up to $140,000 with first place taking home $20,000 all for just a $20 entry fee. And the best part? When you sign up today and use promo code Schmitz, that's S-C-H-M-I-T-Z, Thrive will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks to double your money. So don't sleep on this. Download Thrive Fantasy today on the App Store or Google Play Store or visit www.thrivefantasy.com and sign up today. Happy propping and go Bears! And we are back with Bear With Me, a Chicago Bears podcast hosted by yours truly, Robert Schmitz, as we talk through training camp with Zach Wills or Zach Pearson. You can oh, tell man. I've been reading too much. Sorry. You're a Jets fan, aren't you? 
I've just been watching all these rookie quarterbacks as much as I could, because I mean, it's the same thing I did with Mitch Trubisky, obviously how's Deshaun Watson, how's Patrick Mahomes. And we know how that worked out. But on the other hand, the analytics darling before the draft seems to have stayed. The NFL darling after the draft is Justin Fields just looking better than Trubisky did, or does he look legitimately good? Like, what are we talking about here? Man, I I don't want to jinx anything. I don't want to get anyone's hopes up. He looks good. He looks really good. And I think the main thing with him was his first couple of days, he kind of struggled with his practices. And he don't look like the veteran that was learning quicker and, and how he should. Justin Fields looked just like he should. It was his first day of training camp as a rookie. Really can't expect much. These past four practices or so, five maybe, he's gotten better every single one. Ooh. And it's to the point where I've been saying it all offseason. I think the Bears are very comfortable with Justin Fee, or um, Andy Dalton starting. And I think the Bears have set it, set the bar so high that if Justin Fields, you know, gets that mark, it's a win-win because then you know you have a potential star in your hands. If he falls short, the bar was set so high and they're so comfortable with Andy Dalton that you know it's fine. It's a win-win for them. I'm at the point right now where we got we're two weeks into training camp we got a couple more to go. I'm starting to think there is a shot that he could start week one. Oh, I don't know gosh. if it's going to happen. I think there's he's the door is still open, though. He's kept that door open and probably nudged it open a little more than what many thought would, um, where it would be right now. That Those practices the last couple of days have just been, I mean, damn good. Like, <laughs> I've, you know, I've told people, I've seen, you know, the arm talent, Jay Cutler at times, spin the football, how the football kind of comes off his arm. You didn't see that with Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles or Chase Daniel. Um, God, any Mike Glennon, any of these quarterbacks. How the, yeah, Andy Dalton too. No, the, how the ball comes out of Justin Fields' hands, the zip, the accuracy, the spin on it. I mean, it is, it's like something else. And not only that, but he can essentially adjust his arm angle and make all of those throws. I mean, I've made, I've, you saw the one that was going around on Twitter yesterday, oh, right? Who didn't? <laughs> He's had at least probably two or three of those that have, no one's caught on video or I've, I haven't seen them yet, but I've seen them at practice. We're like, whoa, how the heck did he make that throw? He's got others where his, you know, his arm angle's not that low and it's kind of in between that he's made where he's kind of just, right. it's, it's hard to explain. It's like, I don't know. It's like, wow, did he just do that on the fly? Like, how do you adjust your arm angle and be that, you know, like it, it's almost like he's throwing it around a defender, like to make it go to circle in a way. And it's, 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 I don't know, man, it's crazy. It's like, it's, it's insane to see this type of arm talent. And not only that, but he's getting better with, you know, his decision-making. Um, there was a throw the other day, they're kind of down like 15 yard line. And it was a pretty much a slant route in the, over the middle to Chris Lacey in the end zone. And there's two windows essentially to throw that ball on that play. First window, you hit the slant really quick. Um, it wasn't there. So he, he patted the ball and he waited for that second window. It was there right through the window. Perfect throw. And with Mitch or anyone else we've seen, I felt like that ball comes out right away to there or he's looking somewhere else or going to throw it away or run out of bounds or something crazy like that. It's just the way he's fitting the footballs in these tight windows is good. Um, I actually asked John DeFilippo um, the other day when we got availability, you know, has there been any wow throws? And I want to say this one is, is got to be on video somewhere. I think the Bears put it out there. 
there's a throw he has to John V. Johnson Thursday or Friday. My, I'm sorry if I keep saying that. Like all my days are like blended. No, in, I, I get <laughs> it's it. It's crazy. Because <laughs> uh, like they have the weirdest off days. Like today's an off day and it feels like tomorrow's Monday now. Um, but yeah, John Filippo said, if you look at that throw again, he puts it on the money, post route, back of the end zone, right in the bread bucket. And he threw it to the face mask where no one else could get it. So when Johnson's kind of looking like this to catch it, it's right there at the face mask. Defender can't get to it. He said that's one of the best throws he's seen so far from Justin Fields. And he also had another interesting point is it's now it's about the mental reps. Like he's getting better with this stuff, the decision-making, um, you know, where he wants to go with the football in terms of the routes and, and the windows, the accuracy, the arm strength, all that's getting better, consistency. Now it's just these mental reps. And one thing I've observed with him is, when he's, you know, when Andy Dalton and Nick Foles taking the reps, he's talking to someone. It doesn't matter. It, it's John Filippo, It's Bill Lazor. It's Matt Nagy. It's Andy Dalton or Nick Foles. Everyone's not taking the team reps. He's talking. He's trying to learn. Um, he's talking to wide receivers after the routes. Everything like that. It's just, it feels good. It feels natural. Now, you know, I just hope I didn't jinx it, and I hope that he continues to get better because I think the Bears could have a really special quarterback on their hands. So the beautiful thing about hearing all this is that it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I went to, what is it, 2019 training camp. That is honestly, Zach, the only training camp experience I've ever had in my life. I went to four practices. So I thought when I was watching Mitch complete short throws, complete intermediate dart, like darts and crossers over the middle and so on and so forth, that that would carry and learned a lot that in the NFL, nothing is really a given past what you see about 10 yards, especially since Trubisky. I I think he hit one deep ball on about 10 tries over the four days that I was there. And it showed out to be a problem in 2019, 2020. What it is sounding like, correct me if I'm wrong, is that when Fields sees the opportunity, he's cashing in almost exactly as often as he did at Ohio State, which was a shocking percentage of the time. Yes. Yes, there are these, like, we can talk about these plenty, you know, that the throws where it feels as if, because I heard about one that Andrew was talking about, Andrew Freeman, uh, where apparently Fields just painted the corner. Defender draped all over Javon Wims, fitting a throw that nobody should fit in there. But let's take a step back and talk about maybe the more important part. Matt Nagy has been able to scheme the occasional person open. Whether his offense is good or not, maybe we don't know, because when Taylor Gabriel's sprinting down the field against the Chargers, the ball lands four yards in front. Am I hearing that that's not happening, not just with fields, but also with Dalton too, that the open guys are getting the ball like they should be. Yeah. Yeah. You're correct. I mean, look at Darnell Mooney last year. How many times was he wide open uh, and the bears have missed Plenty. him. I mean, yeah. And the two that stand out was the, the Rams game and then the, the uh, Buccaneers game where Mitch threw it 20 yards to the right. Um, no, you're right. That was Foles. I, I have Foles. to correct Sorry, you. I'm Foles. That Our was, listeners yes. will kill me on that. Yes, that was Foles. Foles. I think it was Foles, both of them, wasn't it? Foles was both of them, and then yeah. Mitch spaced a whole bunch of other deep shots throughout the rest of the yes. season. But we don't need to talk about that. No, no. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, Andy Dalton is putting him on the money. Mitch Trubisky's putting him on the money. Or not Mitch Trubisky. Justin, Justin Fields. God, God Justin Fields. <laughs> Jeez. Quarterbacks, yeah, quarterbacks, quarterbacks, right? I got to go to bed or something, man. <laughs> um yeah, no, Justin Fields put it on the money. So, yeah, I mean, they're taking deep shots, and these guys are open. And it's not just Demir Bird and, and Marcus Goodwin and Allen Robinson. It's the guys I mentioned before, you know, um, John V. Johnson, um, Ronnie Adams, players like that that, you know, Chris Lacey, they're getting their chances. And, and 
the, the quarterbacks are putting it right on the money. So yeah, it does look a little better with the deep accuracy, especially fields, man. It's just, you watch that deep ball and Allen Robinson said it, Darnell Mooney said it, Marquise Goodwin said it, any wide receiver that talks, they'll go out of their way to talk about his deep ball accuracy. It's just refreshing to see, but I, I think, yeah, this, this should, you know, keep up um, here in training camp, but so far so good in terms of that um, aspect. All right, here's a weird question, but if you answer it a certain way, you're going to pour me a nice cold glass of Kool-Aid. So just right. get ready. Has it felt to you as if while training camp has progressed, right, the same Bears core, including Riley Ridley, Javon Wims, like the twos and the ones that were here last year, that you're seeing the wide receivers intensity almost pick up a little bit as they're starting to believe that if they shake their man, they get the ball. And that there does it does this make sense that yeah, almost yeah. you're seeing the quarterbacks create fruit out of the wide receivers that maybe didn't believe so much that they were going to get open and then they they had a feeling the ball might come over their head. Yeah, and I also think that was you know a big thing with Anthony Miller too who's not here anymore was you saw him. I mean, if a quarterback would miss him, it would get into his head. And he'd be like, yeah, they're they're not going to make the throws. Yeah, I, and, I loved Miller's talent, but man, he would just quit in games yeah, when he exactly. felt like the quarterback couldn't deliver. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and I, I do think there is you know a sense that none of them have really come out and said that they're not going to come out and say that. Um, but you know, you can kind of tell like, okay, yeah, if I get open, I know the ball's going to be there. Um, and, and the other thing about it too is I've seen Fields work with these wide receivers if there is an off throw, like um, on Saturday, he threw one a little too high to Javon Wims and they both, you know, came over to each other and you could tell they're pointing and, and where to go. And I feel like, you know, having that camaraderie and everything like that is important. So it does look like, like when they're coming out of their breaks, they know that football's coming and they know it's coming accurate, you know, accurate, not lower or high or anything like that. Ooh, jitters. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is the part where you spiel about what sounds as if he might be one of the most electric players on the Bears, not just in fields, but Darnell Mooney fits in this category. And Zach, all I am hearing is like PFFs talking about Darnell Mooney being a breakout player. And everybody that I'm hearing is here, like the words broken ankles show up all the time. I see blazing speed. I hear a whole lot of wide open. This feels like about as 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 exciting as I've ever heard anybody talk about the Bears offense. And it's not just fields. Has Mooney looked that good or is it marketing spin? No, no, he looks that good. Um, and it's been consistent from the beginning of camp. I mean, he's beating guys. Um, it's it's not only his speed, his route running is really polished. It looks a lot better. You can tell he's been working with Allen Robinson in the offseason. And Matt Nagy said he's attached himself to Allen Robinson's hip. Um, and Mooney said himself, you know, when I've been working out with A-Rob, when I've not been with A-Rob working out, I'm watching him work out, like the stuff he's been doing and seeing on, on social media. Probably has access to trainer tapes that they probably should, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, man, he looks really good. And it's just that combination of speed. If you can be a good route runner with that speed – Oh man, like you're, you're looking at a potential breakout star. Now I do think it's going to help the bears offense because you add in those speed threats. You have Allen Robinson who's going to take up um, attention. Now you got someone you have to focus on Darnell Mooney too. So it should open up a little more on the offense for everyone else, but yeah, so far it's been advertised. He's looked really good. Look like he's ready to, you know, I don't, I won't say like a thousand receiving yards or anything like that. Um, But you know, don't put a number on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, just so a much serviceable, of really no. good number two. Yeah. Right. 
That's awesome. Now, the last guy I got to ask you about in the in the passing game, because I do want to talk about the running backs before we close up. Dalton, when I've heard people saying that Dalton has had a really good camp. Now, I tend to imagine that that doesn't mean Dalton's breaking away from the pocket, rolling left, rolling right and flicking balls into perfect positions. But does this look like just in your in your words, does this look like a quarterback that's better than Mitch slash Foles, or does it actually look like Andy Dalton's rekindled a little bit of the Cincinnati magic for better or for worse? Because he's still, you know, the average Andy was his moniker. His tape is pretty standard. He's not a guy with a rocket arm. He's not the guy who always knows where the ball absolutely has to go and will never make a mistake. But like when you talk about Justin Fields pushing Andy, is this more like if Tevin Jenkins was healthy, him quote unquote pushing Elijah Wilkinson, or is he actually set a pretty high bar? Yeah, no, I think Andy Dalton's been good. Um, it's been better than what we saw last year from from Foles and Mitch by far. Um, he just looks like a veteran that knows how to run the offense and and has respect of his teammates. You know, he's not going to beat you, you know, consistently deep all the time. They're picking up big chunks. They're just they got like a Kansas right. City Chiefs type offense. He looks like, you know, a quarterback that can come in, win you games, um, keep the ship afloat, uh, move the football, stuff like that. And, you know, it is to a point where, any, you know, I, I do feel like even though Andy Dalton has been told he is a starter, I do feel like he kind of feels that pressure a little bit that Justin Fields is coming. And I feel like that that's good. That's good competitive spirit because he said, you know, I'm helping Justin as well. I got to focus on my game, but I'm helping him learn as well. I think Andy knows his role. I think he's kind of embraced that. And I think it's really helped him um, embrace that in terms of this competition where he's still focused mentally um, on the reps, on the offense, getting everything done correctly. You know, he, I don't want to say he's going to go out there and just light it up and, you know, post like a 40 touchdown, you know, eight interception season where he's just on fire, stuff like that. But, you know, he's a guy that is what we pretty much envisioned um, a veteran being, if they came into this offense, they can run it efficiently. He's going to hit his, his targets. He's not going to miss Allen Robinson or, or Darnell Mooney consistently. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's done enough, I think, to, to still keep this number one job. Um, he hasn't done enough to 100% secure it, I'd say. I think if there's one thing I'm worried about as it relates to that is Justin Fields sounds based on what you're saying, based on what I'm reading, that it's nothing I've seen. I would love to pretend (laughs) that it was something I've seen, but it sounds as if Justin Fields is almost ahead of the schedule that whether it's the bears set him or what we told ourselves that here he is in week two. So he's got a month left. That means four times the amount of training camp he already has to get ready that it would be hard to keep him on the bench. I think if there's one thing I'm worried about, it's Andy Dalton getting put in because quote unquote, Andy is our starter. And kind of like with Mitch last year, the bears just waiting for the first chance you get to pull him. And that feels I, I, the, the word that came up to me is like grotesque. That's probably hyperbolic, but just not what this team needs that they don't need Batman waiting in the rings wings with Robin on the field. If push came to shove, is that why you're saying, I think there's a chance Fields may start because you're thinking if Fields' growth path stays where it's at, it's just going to be too hard to keep him off. Yeah, exactly. I think if Fields continues to get better and and shows not only on the field, but, you know, in the meeting rooms and the mental aspect of it, I don't think Matt Nagy would be able to tell those veterans on the team, like, hey, 
we know Justin Fields is better and he's ready, but we have to go with Andy Dalton. And, you know, there's always, you know, the money aspect that throw that out the window. This same franchise paid Nick Foles. I mean, that's all we have to know. Right. They paid Nick Foles and gave up a draft pick to pay Nick Foles. Nick Foles is making more uh, yes. in terms of the way that his, his money's constructed. <laughs> yeah. He's actually making more this year, next year than Andy Dalton is. Yep. And the other aspect, like why would you feed him to the wolves right away in Los Angeles? That's just, that's not part of it either. I mean, Justin Fields does not care who is on the other side of the defense. Now, is that a tough week one matchup? Oh, yeah. heck yeah. Hell yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> but still, that's not a reason why you, you don't start a guy. If a guy's ready, he's ready. Now, let's say this. Let's say, you know, Justin Fields, you know, is getting better as the days goes on, but he's not at the point yet where, you know, all of us can see he's not ready to start just yet. Okay, and that's, that's fine. Do I think, you know, first half, Andy Dalton throws two interceptions. He's got like seven completions and 100 yards. Are they going to pull him? No, I think he'll have a shorter, I think he'll have a longer leash than um, what Mitch Trubisky had. Um, I just, I think you're right. I think you have to wait till that time. You know, you can't just do it right away like that. Maybe give Dalton a game or two and kind of set a timeline, essentially. I mean, it's part of exactly why I, I have started to tell myself exactly what I think you're telling yourself starting fields week one makes a ton more sense than starting fields week two or week three. Yes. By the time we, if you don't think fields is ready, you're not putting Dalton in just for the Los Angeles game so that you could say, Hey, thanks for taking the hits, Andy sit on down. Like that doesn't make sense there. You're not, doing this for the fans and yes in theory you're doing this quote unquote for justin but you got to take alan robinson akeem hicks khalil mack eddie jackson and the rest of the veterans in an nfl locker room in mind and i i don't know the last question that we have because we can't answer this right we have to know how he's doing in the preseason games as stupid as that kind of sounds uh (laughs) but we have to know that we have to know how he's doing in week four of training camp we need to know all these things that we can't predict so i'll just ask you this David Montgomery, does he look faster or does he just look like David Montgomery at this point? He looks faster. I don't think it's the fast everyone thinks it is. Right. Like I I don't he's not gonna be still outrunning defensive backs and stuff like that in the second level. He does have a better burst, I'll say that. Um he he had a play the other day in live. It looked like he should have been brought down for either a loss or, or no gain right at the goal line. And he broke off two tackles, went kicked it to the outside turned it upfield. He was caught. Um, so he doesn't have that breakaway speed yet. He does, he does look quicker. I think it's the initial burst that makes him look a little faster. Hey, it's good to hear that even he looks fast at all. Like oh, it's yeah. not, a, I'm not even talking improvement, not because he may end up looking on tape, like exactly the same guy. Yeah. But just the fact that he looks fresh, always good to hear yeah. out of your feature running back. Oh yeah. But, but of course that brings me to Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert. What have you seen from those two? Yeah, I, I think Williams had a really good camp. And um, signing kind of makes a little more sense now that we see three Cohen is not really ready oh, yeah. to come back. Um, and and Williams has done it not only as a runner, but as a pass catcher of the backfield too. I've been kind of impressed with him so far. Herbert's, you know, gotten better as the days have gone on. I think, you know, he's got a spot in this roster because um, they're going to use him for special teams. He's quick too. He's like one of those quick backs mm-hmm. um, that we kind of see more quick than fast. You know, I, I do think we're we're not close to having Tariq Cohen come back. Um, unfortunately, yeah. I, I I said the other day. I think we're I think we're closer to him playing week eight than we are week one at this point, which is not good. I hope I'm wrong. Um, 
but I think the, the depth in this backfield is going to be a strength this year. And I just hope we're not in a situation where we have, you know, three running backs, um, including Mike Davis, you know, a couple of years ago, we don't use them it's, and things like that. So I, I do think this will be different. I think Damian Williams is a really solid backup and then Khalil Herbert can kind of play that three role, um, spell a couple of carries here and there. The scary thing to me about what happened last year was that yeah. the bears couldn't throw the ball past 10 yards at all. Like I remember I was looking at this just the other day. I think Foles and Mitch were 32nd and 33rd in intermediate completion percentage. Uh, Trubisky was 38th. And this is out of 39 quarterbacks, by the way, Uh, he was 38th in deep. And then Foles was 25th in deep because he had a knack for the garbage time deep ball. Yeah. Like three against Tennessee. And then, you know, then there's the 10 yard stuff. So they couldn't do that. They couldn't run the ball at all because defense has just assaulted their short game. And, you know, if Tevin Jenkins isn't healthy, I worry the bears are in for, we will get a beautiful experiment, Zach, let's call it that of what if the bears could hit the intermediate and the deep passing option, does that create running room or does a bad offensive line still keep any of that from happening either way? I mean, I guess this is as positive a development as we could ask for given Tariq's injury, right? Because yep. yeah. I, I can't help but think that a long ACL tear recovery reminds me a lot more of Cameron Meredith, which I know nobody wants to be thinking about right now, than the not. But yeah. if if Cohen never did come back, like let's play Armageddon scenario here. It sounds as if Montgomery, Williams, and Herbert is not only a backfield good for this year, but it's probably a backfield good for next year and the oh, year yeah. after that, like as you move forward, because when her, when you watch Herbert, is it more that, oh yeah, no, he looks like a six-round pick to me, or does he just look really new, that there's a lot of things that he's still learning, et cetera, et cetera? Probably both. Um, I mean, I think, you know, the learning curve, you know, he's got to be, got to learn stuff on the fly as a rookie. Right. I do think the special teams does help. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not like he's going out there breaking off long runs. I mean, he's had a couple of nice runs Had he had a couple of one down at the goal line where he broke a couple of tackles and got okay. in, but he's also, you know, he's still learning. Like, you know, he's also had been tackled for a loss. He's made the wrong cutbacks, things like that. So, I mean, everything we've seen so far looks good on the right track. I think, you know, you can't expect him to go out there and be a big contributor right away. Right. So aside from special teams. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right, though. I think, you know, you get him that year under this belt and then you kind of bring him along next year. Um, maybe, you know, you keep Artavis Pierce on the practice squad, something like that. But you got a solid stable of running backs right now. Makes sense. Zach, thank you so much for everything. Obviously, no problem. We, we can't predict just yet what this yeah. Bears team will look like, but it sounds as if a reinvigorated quarterback room might just do wonders for a team that I know everybody, myself included, was thinking would be closer to 7 and 10, 8 and 9. I guess, are, are we at the point where you feel like, let's not say sky's the limit, but more that you don't really know where the ceiling is because covering for the Bears for years, it's hard to ascertain just what a good quarterback can do because we see it on other teams i haven't seen yeah. it here <laughs> does it feel like that at all where you're like heck i don't know yeah it is i mean there's part of it where you feel like okay like this kid could be special in terms of you know justin fields um there's also the part of it's like do, i mean how good is this our type of special right. that makes sense you know because like you said we haven't seen anything like this and i don't know man it's just 
I'll say this. I, I got a good vibe from it. I, I feel like the excitement is there for a good reason. And I think, you know, the next couple of days, next couple of practices will tell us if you can keep it going. I think that meter towards him starting, you know, sends the right way. So yeah, it's definitely though some excitement. I'll say that. Saturday should be a blast. Oh yeah. Can't wait. I know one thing I find myself thinking, I have to plug this before we hop off, but Nagy's play calling for Justin Fields. Look, Nagy's play calling will be scrutinized until the day that he either stops coaching or the world burns. But Nagy's calling for Fields specifically, that's something I know I'm going to be looking into. Oh yeah. Because if he calls a wide open game, I'm going to be, or I'm going to, I can't help but take away from that, that he's thinking about Justin Fields starting sooner rather than later. On the other hand, if he's determined to keep Fields on the bench, which you never know, I wouldn't be surprised to see a whole bunch of handoffs, the occasional dump off and so on and so forth. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's preseason. This first one's going to be a little tough to kind of, because I mean, generally preseason is a, a little vanilla, in terms of everything. Um, but now that you have a rookie quarterback, you know, to kind of open it up a little more, that's going to be the big question. Also, man, what are they going to do with Nick Foles? Are you just going to play like the whole second half? Like- <laughs> I don't know. It's so funny to think about because on one hand, like you don't want to play Justin Fields too much behind yeah. an offensive line put together out of like a Lunchable or something yeah. like that. But at the same time, those were supposed to be his primary reps. So yeah. do you take them from them or do you just – take two practices with the dolphins to explain, please, please don't hit the guy. Like yeah. wrap him up, <laughs> let the referee blow it dead. Like, I don't know. It's, it's funny to think about. Cause you talk about vanilla offense. You're absolutely right. But even high school offenses, which I would say are pretty vanilla take yep. deep shots. Oh, so yeah. there are ways to do, to give nothing away from a schematic perspective while also throwing down the field. I think it's that depth of target. I know I'm really looking at cause Justin Fields, arm is built from the ground up to throw yeah. beyond 10 yards it i don't know if you've seen any of this but i know on film i've always chuckled at how justin seems to struggle to take something off of it like the throws that are right in front of him little checkdowns and so on and yeah, so forth. yeah at, at osu specifically that was where he got haziest and hazy still means 70 percent completion percentage but it'll it'll be really interesting to see if Nagy has him just handing the ball off to test out the run game or occasionally taking a play action shot downfield because I mean all it'll take is one what do you think 35 yard touchdown pass to just light the world on fire the jersey sales at Soldier Field if he throws like a 40 yard touchdown pass right away the merchandise shop oh my god they're gonna be just Hold might up. as well just be like a money shower or something man it's gonna be insane no i i, I know i'll be kind of curious to see i think i really think it's gonna be a little bit of both i think they'll come out starting handoff maybe some short throws to get them comfortable i think we'll see a deep shot or two from him. we gotta right yeah yeah i mean full house this is gonna be like the most anticipated preseason game in a long time like this is gonna be because we haven't had preseason we haven't had fans right it's gonna be insane out there saturday and you know it's so funny thinking about the preseason game because i do have to meter myself a little bit mr trubisky's first preseason appearance had me thinking hall of fame like he he was fun he looked good so even if fields goes out there throws 150 yards two touchdowns or something like that like we can all take a deep breath yeah oh yeah unless we don't feel like it yeah and that's a viable option too (laughs) just have fun with it right yeah Either way, Zach, thank you so much for giving us this inside scoop no on problem, what's going man. on at camp. I mean, obviously, I wish the Bears would just stream this thing or something yeah. like that, but 
having you on is easily a close second. Thank you so much for walking through it. Where can folks find more updates online? Yeah, uh, so you can just follow me on Twitter at, at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Um, I tweet from there. I tweet from uh, Bear Report. Uh, it's just Bear Report on Twitter. Um, and then you can just read all of our work on bearreport.com. We have daily notebooks from all the practices, um, extra articles, storylines, previews, all that type of good stuff. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm, I'm excited uh, to see the preseason. And I'm excited for this week's joint practices. So, yeah, follow along, and I'll do my best. Well, thanks so much for hopping on. Thank Anytime, you Anytime, man. Appreciate it. Ooh, that was a long one. Thanks so much for tuning in, Bears fans. Hopefully we'll have more to analyze here with the preseason coming up and obviously as much Justin Fields content as we can get. That'll do it for me. Have a great rest of your week. Go Bears, and we'll see you on the other side. Have a great one. Bear down. Bear down.